Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, we always encourage everyone to shout out where you're where you're from. Um, weather is optional. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be like, like 55 it. degrees. We here, don't so, watch the news. Yeah. So, you know, if you're freezing, <laughs> we like to hear about it. George, if you're uh, 80 uh, degrees in Florida, we don't want to hear about that. But I know. But I know. Uh, uh, you know how that is. Yeah. Good I, morning. I'm still a little bit, uh, um, I'm, I, part of my heart is left in Florida. Yeah. And so looking forward to visit and um, being able to go back and, and uh, spend a little bit more. Uh, lengths of time yeah. so uh it's friday yeah and that's uh we we have a kind of a different topic we're going to be talking about today but yeah um, something new yeah but the announcements we've got the webinar on tuesday, tuesday uh -huh. um and uh, you can go to uh um bhphnationtv.com and get the links for uh registering for that um, and so, you know, feel free to, to log on to that. And, um, we also sent out our sponsor ad package for the year for buyer payer nation TV yesterday. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't get one, we're, we're so sorry, uh, let us know and we'll get one sent to you. And, uh, so you can kind of take a peek at what it is that we're doing and, and yeah. Yeah, we've had uh, people at the conferences will come up and talk to us and not folks that we know well, but are, you know, kind of catching up to what we're doing, especially on the morning show. And so some people have said, you know, we'd love to sponsor some of what you're doing. And and uh, we, we, we're we trying to make sure we remembered everybody who's mm -hmm. kind of made that request. Yeah. It's not we mostly send it to the folks that we talk to regularly, of course. But yeah. But yeah, we hope to to get uh, folks involved in what we're doing with Nation TV. And I think um, today with the morning show, we're kind of stepping yeah. into something new um you know we obviously use real world examples from our travels from time to time it's just natural part of what we do in, in consulting and coaching you're telling yeah. the stories but the, the names and identities are right. like withheld um, withheld yeah but so yeah. it's like what was that old show about um names have been withheld to protect the innocent or something I don't it was remember. A, it was old TV uh, yeah, show. an old TV show. Anyway, <laughs> as, as we were contemplating the topic here, we were thinking, well, can we do this? I mean, can we really tell a, a story in detail without accidentally revealing the names of the parties involved? We've actually chosen fake names here so we can. But uh, I mean, tell it's the, story. the, you know, the reason is, um, though, I mean, we obviously don't want to um, uh, call out or whatever mm -hmm. uh, people, but it's, there's, they're really real, relevant. Um, situations, right. real relevant things that we see happen and, and the things that we've seen happen in multiple places. Cause you know, Jim wrote down um, like one of the, one of the scenarios and he's, he kept the name out and he's like, can you tell who this is? And I was like, this person, no, this person, no, this person. really, we've had yeah. that many people <laughs> have yeah. had this, this scenario happen before and it, they've all ended the same. So yeah, yeah, there's some definitely yeah. some common themes. I think um, one of the things, in fact, one of the things we're going to talk about today will definitely be mm -hmm. a theme that comes up from time to time. And I, in recording a podcast with Brent Carmichael a while back on why dealerships fail, 
Mm-hmm. I kind of recounted for him, you know, I just said, Brent, you know, based on my experience, there are kind of two things in particular that um, I find that if we can get those two things right, that we mitigate a lot of the risk that is by here, pay here. Yeah. And he said, same for me. Like I do a, a workshop on these same mm-hmm. things. And these are the two things we talk about. So and, it just tells you yeah. that, you know, when you travel like we do and you see the stories and you see the, the, you know, I'm going to call them mistakes because they're, that's one of the things that happens in this is that we, we see some things that are, they're painful mistakes. And yeah. so this is a story yeah. of one that is, that was definitely painful yep. for the parties involved. And, uh, and so it's just one of those things where when you travel and you do what we do and you get inside mm-hmm. that stuff and you, you witness those things, you, you try obviously as an advisor or coach to bring those things to others and help them, mm-hmm. you know, mitigate risk and guard against the, the, the hazards that can be any business, but certainly in buy here, pay here, we have a unique set of challenges. And so we're just yeah. trying to help folks understand how to, you know, protect against that. So, yeah. Okay. So should the we, story, yeah, the story, I'm going to let Jim tell it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll kind of back up and tell you, that. um, I heard from somebody years ago who'd read some of my articles and they said, look, we, I've had a business fail and I saw your articles and you teach some real fundamentals and I would love to have you come and help us, um, get a business started. Well, by us, he meant this investor that he'd um, reached out to. And the investor basically said, I'll be interested in looking at investment. I've made good money in subprime auto in the past. I'd be interested in getting involved in starting a dealership, but I think we need to find a coach and get some structure and some, some of that kind of stuff in there. Which good check mark and the, you know, trying to get some, some help making sure that all the the boxes are checked. And And so we're calling the investor Jason. Okay. So Jason is the one who uh, said, let's, um, you know, let's, let's, let's find in. a coach and let's get some structure and, and I'll be happy to get involved. So I met them both. We uh, end up agreeing to step into business mm-hmm. and um, help them kind of coach them up on a, what we call a startup package or launch package, mm-hmm. got them going. And then the manager who we're calling David. Is this, is David the one that initially reached out to David's him? the one who had originally approached me and said, you know, I've had businesses fail. I want to make sure I, I like what you teach fundamentally and I want to stick to the fundamentals and I want to just do business this way. And I said, cool, you know, happy to help. And then we stepped in and we got started, got them up and going. And I mean, they hadn't been in business, but a few weeks and David proceeds to just fall right back into old habits, super aggressive, no underwriting, no written policies, just, you know, just going, you know, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so that whole thing about, you know, hear about, you know, everybody's approved. If it can fog a mirror, they're approved. And, and while that we've seen that business model work for some, that was not what this investor signed up for. And it's yeah. not what I would be recommending. Like it's not typically necessary. It's, it's, there are other ways to conduct business and, uh, and have it work out well. So it's not what we would, we're recommending. Anyway, this, this guy, David just kind of took off with the business. And, and you said that he'd had a business that had, hadn't done well in, yeah. in buy here, pay here. Yeah. Yep. It was also so, buy here, pay here. So had done a buy here, pay your business before, hadn't done well, shut the doors. Right. Or w- did he own the buy here, pay your business? He was at least a partner. Okay. Yeah. So a part, so f- had a financial risk in it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with the original shut the doors. Um, did, did you ever get into the why it, why he shut the doors? Um, later, I mean, okay. details kind of right. trickled down on me and some of the, some of that stuff I learned after the fact, like, as I meet people who mm-hmm. knew the story and, you know, we learned some of those things later, but, 
really, I think the key was that it was just about being aggressive. Like, you know, we meet people who have, they bring a certain amount of ego to, to the business. And, and that's something else that Brent and I talked about in that same podcast. We, we have a podcast out there, Brent and I did one called um, Why Dealers Fail. Oh, yeah. And um, so when we, Brent and I talked about that, we basically said, you know, I, I brought the idea of ego because I realized, look, these are our clients that we work with and, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're independent by choice, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're mavericks, renegades often, mm -hmm. uh, part of why they have success in the used car business is because of that ego and, and, you know, attitude that drives them. One of the things we see in buy here, pay here, that's a little different is if we bring ego and especially if that ego is driven by outselling everyone. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to be the number one. I want to all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Okay. It's based on often it's based on profit, volume, gross. So it's that kind of ego driven thing. And so that happens. We see that with people who are coming out of independent retail in particular, we're introducing well, that's, the buyer those are their drivers anyway that's, for yeah, that is, yeah. is, Sell, units, sell, units, sell. units, sell, yeah. sell, sell. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's appropriate. Um, you know, in that industry, one of the things that happens is different in buy your pay here. And this was an example. We saw that thing get ugly pretty fast with this dealership in middle America. We're saying is where this dealership is. And, you know, they basically just took off, uh, the manager took off with the business, no real ground rules. And they, it really just made a mess of it. And then, so did, did Jason, the passive investor, like think everything was okay because you were part of the. Mm, no, I mean, no, there was, it was, it was understood about what uh, we provided, what we didn't provide. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so there were reports, you know, obviously the system, the software produces certain reports. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm never involved in the check writing side of a business with a client. I mean, that's just not part of the service that mm -hmm. we provide. So I'm really kind of operational front end. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the data that's coming out of the DMS. We're uh, often helping to compile the reports that go in this case to both the manager and the dealer or the, or investor, the rather. investor. Yeah. And so that's part of what happens there is, you know, you're providing those reports, but early in buy here, payer, when you're kind of in this honeymoon period, everything looks rosy selling lots of cars, gross profit looks good. You know, maybe the ratios on the sales look fine. Uh, it's not until we get out of the honeymoon period, we start to experience delinquency. You start to see the repos mm -hmm. coming from this aggressive underwriting. And now it gets more challenging because it starts to consume our day, you know, with all the repos and the work that comes with that. And so the bottom line is the reports looked okay. Right? And during that time. honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. For a time. Right. Okay. For a time. And then when the wheels start to come off or it starts to get more difficult, then, you know, one of the things that you have to guard against and one of the things that we just learned in this is that there, there are definitely ways to introduce capital into buy here, pay here with a short set of limitations. And if you watch the major capital providers in this space who provide lines of credit, they're careful to put those limitations in place. Well, and that's, um, that kind of goes to that thing that you were talking about with, uh, that you've talked to Brent Carmichael during mm -hmm. some of those podcasts is that there's, there's two structures that you really have to get right. Mm -hmm. One is the structure of the deal with the, with the consumer. 
Yeah, and you've got some latitude there. When I say right, within a certain bumper. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or the and and then the other or the important. It's important that you structure them well. Mm -hmm. The other one is how you introduce capital into the actual dealership, that's right. yep. and that's the other. That's and you've the, heard the me structure. talk about that with so of many times, and and it's it's um, enough that. Uh, as I've as I've heard Jim talk about this to people that are capital providers, to people that are um, like Brent Carmichael, who are um, uh, uh, coaches and consultants, and mm -hmm. and they're like ding 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 ding. Sure. That if you follow that model, right. or you you know you that that yeah or um, yeah that they 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 get it. It's like yes, that will mitigate a lot. Of problems, yeah. if you get this introducing capital piece, that would have solved properly. a lot of the problems that mm -hmm. you're going to hear me describe. There's yeah. more to this story. Like this dealer, uh, this manager, just um, boy, just hired. You know, took the same approach to hiring as he did to to approving loans. Just hired, you know, a bunch hired of, anybody uh, who walked in and showed up and wanted the job. You know, uh -huh. put them on the sales team or inventory team, whatever. And so you had this really loose ship. They had um, really virtually no written procedures or didn't follow any of the stuff that we'd kind of provided a framework. Just kind of figure it out. And they just, yeah, they were just kind of winging it, flying by the seat of their pants and just, you know, approving everybody and and uh, just, you know, turning out the cars. And and uh, so that feels good in the moment. You feel like you're doing something good. Um, you feel like you're creating a business or building a business. But, wow, it just was a mess. It got to be a train wreck really fast. And what's worse is, you know, once the numbers start to get poor and, and then there was also After the, the honeymoon period. Yeah, yeah. And now that now it's getting difficult, it's getting weird. The charge offs are high. The investors probably asking questions and now the manager's becoming less and less available. You know, the, the manager, David, in this case is suddenly just not at the dealership as much like gone an awful lot. Uh, you know, claiming to be gone to auctions, but, you know, gone for hours at a time. So there was a whole thing going on in David's personal life, too, that affected this. So that can happen. It's so all mm -hmm. the more reason you got to guard against this stuff. But th there ended up being embezzlement, you know. And so here's here's mm -hmm. David, who, and I, the part I didn't tell is that these two gentlemen had known each other since grade school. They'd been friends for most of their life. So there's a level of trust. I suppose. I don't know yeah. what the nature of the relationship was there, but certainly the fact that the investor, you know, this wealthy investor agreed to put money in the business, you know, suggested some level of trust anyway. But then I was brought in, you know, as the consultant that they both knew, I was brought in to assess the situation mm -hmm. and I was in there, you know, discovering lots of operational problems. But in the course of doing that, I also discovered some clear evidence of outright theft, embezzlement. So I brought that to the attention of the, the investor partner and uh, and ultimately it went to the courthouse and went to civil i'm sorry the criminal route they actually filed charges against um, the guy and so it was um you know it got really ugly in the course of doing that the investor partner asked me because he didn't he didn't know the business he was a passive investor he had limited understanding of it and he asked me to step in and help kind of turn it around and get some people in there and so i did i stepped in and was actively involved we completely overhauled the business I mean, a whole mm -hmm. definitely, you know, put in systems and, and hired, ended up putting all new people in. By the time it was all said and done, we had relocated the business, renamed it, all new people. And I'll never forget the day that the investor partner came to me in the new building, walked in the front door and saw what we'd created. And he said, now 
I feel like I own something of value. Mm -hmm. And so that was really impactful for me. Like I thought, okay, so from an outsider as the owner, he felt like he now had a business that was sustainable and would have some, some real value. And they, they continued to run it. I ultimately stepped out of there. They continued to run it and, and grow it. And so it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have no idea how it ultimately turned out, except that I know that initially in the first probably 18 to 24 months, um, that investor put a lot more money in this business than would have been necessary. Okay. So that's an important thing to understand is that I, I think the key takeaway for me, and we've, you've heard me say this to other dealers is like, we, we recommend in the space that capital be introduced with some really specific parameters. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with, you know, if, if you're a dealer and I'm an investor, if I provide you capital, I'm okay with funding contracts and earning assets. We have assets that are attached to that. As long as we have some, um, safeguards in place to verify that those are legitimate performing assets, Mm -hmm. then that's a safe investment for me. We can make that work and we can build a nice business. The question becomes what other money is required to get this business off the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that, that, that money should be handled differently. The money that goes into the earning assets, I can include inventory too, sometimes includes real estate, but I'm really talking about the primary way to fund a buy here, pay here operation, in my experience, is to fund these contracts, earning assets in a way that has some appropriate safeguards built into it. Mm-hmm. And now you can invest more comfortably and have it work out well for both parties. Mm-hmm. For all parties, the business can grow. But I think that's the thing that we just see too often is that, and, and you were there when we had another client, we'll tell that story another day, but when... I basically suggested based on all these years of experience, there's some things that we're going to highly recommend, like, you know, strongly recommend, <laughs> right? We never say you should, you or have you to, have or to. whatever. We just say, except you know, for safeguards rule. Yeah. Okay. We're advisors. <laughs> I mean, we're advisors and coaches. And yeah. we say, based on our experience, we're here to help mitigate risk. And we highly recommend, we strongly recommend that you do this. And we've had mm-hmm. seen dealers say, ah, we, we, well, we, and we, that's yeah. where that, when you talked about, that one of the one of the pieces that really um, really create um, it's it's that ego piece. I know better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what you're uh, the yeah that ego piece is I think one of those that we've watched just since I've stepped in a bunch of different times where it's like oh no we've got that covered oh no we figured that out we did it all on our own we've got our own understanding you know or whatever and it just and then we just kind of sit back and watch yeah. and start to go a little bit and sideways. And it's, it's always yeah. difficult. I mean, it's part of anybody who's done uh, coaching, you know, been an advisor, mentor. Mm-hmm. It, it's natural that clients don't follow every recommendation. You know, you yeah. put out 10 recommendations and maybe they adopt six or whatever it looks like. It's like they don't all adopt all of them. And that's okay. It's not that in buy here, pay here, there's more than one way to be oh. So. But there are some things that we strongly advise because we're trying to, and when we come in, we always say, look, we know we got principals involved. We got investors and managers and we got people involved. And so there are human beings involved. But if we come in and we try to, let's, let's first focus on the success of the business. If we think about the entity, the C Corp, the LLC, let's think about the success of that operation. And now through doing that, we can, you know, obviously we would expect that 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 success of that operation can transfer to you as principals, then that helps me to just focus on, I'm not, I'm not trying to serve investor here, 
principal one versus principal two. I'm trying to serve the General entity. General manager, uh, sales team, whatever. Yeah. the entity because that then serves the principals. When the entity mm -hmm. is successful, obviously the principals benefit. So that's we're trying to first do that. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of why this particular story, you know, when we're advising, we're trying to say, look, the success of the operation, the health of the operation long-term would be well served if you would create some structure at the outset that places very specific parameters around, in this case, if you, if, if Jason had said, I will bring investment to the company under this set of guidelines, mm -hmm. and they didn't have that. And mm -hmm. so regrettably that investor tied up a lot more cash in that business than would have been necessary had they st stayed on that. Now, their working capital and other costs required to get the business off the ground that aren't related to those assets. Sure. But make that a separate understanding and keep that limited, you know, put that in your business plan. And then now you can, if you're fortunate to do 50% more sales volume than you anticipated and the investors got the funds and then you fund that and everybody can get on board with putting dollars because generally speaking in the approach that you've heard me talk about for every dollar this scenario had that structure been in place for every dollar that Jason put in, there would have been $2 of performing contracts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you have that, everybody can get excited about putting money behind that. Oh yeah. And, and I think, um, uh, that when I mentioned that we've even had capital providers, it's like, yep, that, that, sure. that will, that will help mitigate, mitigate a lot of risk. Mm -hmm. A lot of even our capital providers will offer more, um, you know, a, a, a larger percentage, which actually can put a dealership at risk right. if there's, if, uh, you know, if other things go sideways sure. or whatever. And um, I think, you know, with this, with the, um, the, the structure of, you know, capital coming in, that's the same mm -hmm. kind of thing with a capital provider as sure. well. Um, and then I, you know, I love that you, you know, you have a, 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 well, one of the indicators of having a good structure is could you double right. your charge-offs? Mm -hmm. And if you can and still stay, a, you know, stay in the black, then you're, you're in a good spot. Mm -hmm. If you can't, then you need to re you need to rethink the structure of your capital. Yeah. And so leverage is part of that. But what we're really seeing in this particular scenario, it was private money. There was no lender involved. Uh, so, it's, so the private money is like, had we, had we adopted some of the practices that you see a lender, like, mm -hmm. you know, if you go to some of these major lenders uh, who's actually going to provide some sort of evolving line of credit, they're going to be very specific covenants in there about what's the definition of a, you know, qualified asset. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to have borrowing based limits set on certain things based often based on delinquency and these kind of things. So, um, and delinquency even can be manipulated. So we got to make sure we write some stuff in there that. Guards so are you that. encouraging just regular uh, investors, not but a regular investor that that are certain things we should be or that we strongly advise um, that you be looking at a lot like what capital providers do. It's like that just just to make sure that things are running smoothly and and all the, that. The truth is, yes, I will be recommending that, strongly recommending that every damn time. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's one of the ways that we can because we're also thinking when we do extend beyond the um, the actual entity and we think about the principles involved, we're also thinking about how how can we preserve the relationship? Sometimes yeah. that's family. 
I, yeah, right? Yeah. And so we're also yeah. thinking about how do we preserve the relationship so that it works well? When the business works well, everybody's happy and, you know, that's the, all the whole relationship works great. So we're also thinking ahead to how to, so that to answer your question, yes, that is a structured thing that we will recommend every time when capital is introduced from the outside, private or otherwise, we need to make sure we've got a good set of rules, good set of understanding about what is a, what is qualified asset? What are the circumstances? And if mm-hmm. the por- portfolio is not performing well enough and we don't show to have enough earning assets and let's stop and talk about that as partners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's fix that because yeah. if we can't, if we can suddenly we we're over advanced on our own portfolio, if it's private money, then let's stop and fix that. Let's figure out or let's get out of the business. Right. So we just didn't have those off ramps even written into the understanding where if it's not working, why are we going to continue to fund it? And, You've heard me say in other contexts, we don't sell our way out of that situation. There's other things that typically have to be resolved. We don't just, you know, keep selling, keep doing the same thing we've been I doing. Mean, not, well, you're not talking about like selling off the contracts, but like selling more units. So yeah. if I sell more units, it'll solve, resolve that. It's like, but it's, if you have an agreement right now with um, a passive or an investor of some kind, mm-hmm. and it's not working, that doesn't, it, it, it gives you a great opportunity to come up with a new agreement. Right. And, and I, so it's not, you know, it's right. not, it's not all or nothing. It's like, if it's not working, come up with a new agreement. So, yeah. So that kind of ties to what we say, but you know, you draft a written understanding mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it's our understanding for today. And it's our understanding until we replace it with a new understanding. But mm-hmm. it's like, this is our understanding. This is how we operate. If we're not functioning well within the understanding, we have to sit down as partners and sort it out and figure out what needs to happen next. Because I think this whole thing, we're going to do a lot of these dealer stories. And one of the themes that's going to come out of that is going to be why you're hearing me bring this thing in March. This live stream day is going to be around this thing of how do we make our business more sustainable, right? There's all these words that you hear me use around this. Like, how do we make the business perform well? How do we verify that it's performing well? And then once performing well, how do we make sure it performs well when we're not in the building? right Mm -hmm. and then how do we grow it you know and all these things how do we capitalize in a way that's smart and we can make sure that we're still on a healthy footing three years and ten years from now well there there are answers to that Mm -hmm. and i'm not the only one with the answers we're going to bring all the smart people yeah yeah. and and the and yeah there's there's a lot of different options for the answers but there are answers and there are very specific things that people can do Mm -hmm. and there are very specific things that most of the people that we talk about will guard will will warn people right um will guard you know ask them to guard against certain things that sure. that could be um something that would ultimately make their dealership fail yeah yeah and this is why we felt like we want to take these stories out there confidentially you know do them in a way that's anonymous mm-hmm. and change the name so people know exactly who we're talking about because we don't want to compromise anybody's privacy or tell their story yeah. without permission but we're basically just saying, look, there are lessons out there from 20 years of traveling and being in more than half the states in the country and finance companies and dealerships. You, I always say I learn as much as I teach when I go out there. I see stuff. And you're obviously trying to bring that information to people so that they can, we can help spare them the same, yeah. you know, challenges. Gosh, those people went through a really painful experience financially, emotionally, like it was a painful thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, so we're trying to spare people and we know kind of there are some things that you can put in place that will decrease the likelihood that you'll find yourself in that 
uncomfortable place with a lender or a partner or a family member. And so this is why we wanted to come and tell these stories. And mm-hmm. like I say, that event in March, I think people are going to see, we started out calling a blue sky event and a enterprise value. It's, it's all these things. It's like, how do you, how do you create value in your business so that it functions well? You've got all the right structure. You've got a chance to have a business that has enterprise value and will function well when you're not there, has a chance to grow, keeps all the partners, you know, happy to be invested, involved in the business. So it's, it's totally possible in this business. It starts with these basic um, kind of mitigating factors mm-hmm. that we, we certainly want to make sure people get familiar with. And we're happy to just share that information everywhere. Like this is, this is just basics. And, uh, you know, we obviously need to figure out how to do it. Like what are the parameters that has to be worked out with the partners? What makes sense mm-hmm. for everybody? But there are, there is some hard math that drives some of this stuff. And so we can all hide from this and that, but we can't hide from math. Right. So uh, yeah. And math is your bank account. Math yeah, is, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, Right. So it's anyway, I think we can probably wrap up <laughs> the there. Like and the we'll, minuses. Um, we'll, uh, just if you are uh, just make sure you have on your calendar, March 30th is, yeah. is this all day long event. We are doing it differently than we did um, the last one uh, in our pilot event, which was the town hall in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. This one is not going to be live broadcast through all of our social media cha- or channels. This will be done through Eventbrite. And um, so uh, in order to be able to attend that, that, uh, you will need to be able to, you need, you'll need to register to, to, to attend. And, um, so it is out there right now on Eventbrite. You can get access to the, um, you know, what's coming up on buy her, pay her nation TV.com or BHPH nation TV.com. And, um, we have, we haven't started marketing and, when we get some of the marketing things done there, there will be some, um, some discounts available and, yeah. and all of that for, um, for registering for that. And, um, so it's, it's gonna, it's going to be a really fantastic, um, high value. This is, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. High value. So beyond, you got beyond. all the experts. I mean, yeah. I could go on yeah. and on. We can list them off. They're going to be at the yeah. website. You can see all the people, yeah. but so many people. <laughs> and we're still I mean, adding more to the contributors to, um, to who is going to, who has, uh, agreed to come and, and participate in this, but it doesn't matter um, if it's capital, financial, operational, mm-hmm. all those people are going to be there to help yeah, answer absolutely. these big questions. So yeah. it's going to be a really great event great for day. anyone who is, um, uh, a dealer out there or even an investor out mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, someone absolutely. who is a private investor, uh, into the space. Mm-hmm. So, um, make sure you keep it on your calendar, March 30th. It will be an all day long. We're going to be doing it at a studio in Salt Lake city. And also don't forget coming up Tuesday is our next webinar and our monthly series. And it will be about, um, Story, story branding sort of, I mean, it's like and how it's, to tell yeah. your, story, What's your story, how to wrap that in your marketing and yeah. reach more people and connect with more people. So yeah. we've got uh, Troy Shear from NIDA, Dave Murray will be there. We've got a couple of dealers joining us, including yeah. Gordy Tormolin agreed to join us on that webinar. So Gordy's the president elect of NIDA and he's got yeah. a lot of experience with, uh, um, with marketing over the years. So, so yeah. we'll definitely yeah. want to hear so uh, Gordy's to contributions that. to that conversation, but yeah, that's a seven thirty Eastern on Tuesday evening. Yep. So, all right. Well, like again, it's Friday. And so I hope you all have a fantastic uh, weekend coming up and 
and it's collection day and yep. all of that. So it should be pretty busy in all, all of our uh, listeners' dealerships today. Um, I hope you have a great day. And then we will see you on Monday. Um, yeah, just to That's continue it. the story. Have so a great weekend. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks so much for joining.